Roger. On that note, I want to welcome everybody to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Uh, I want to welcome everybody that's in the rants. I want to welcome and thank everybody for downloads. It's been incredible on all the downloading sites. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts uh, for pushing us up the Apple charts. It means the world to us. But if you are listening to this podcast, one of the things I love is people coming on to Rumble, subscribing to the channel and ranting during the show. It is a lot of fun. It's always been my favorite thing, being able to interconnect with people. And I love just parents to connect with people. I, I realized after I said that you were going to correct me. And uh, thank you very much. Uh, and again, welcome everybody that's listening in Rumble. Remember, benstein.substack.com. Uh, we have a regular special show tonight. We have a new guest on the show. I will let him in a second tell everybody who he is and where what he, organization he's from. But uh, Adam King, uh, formerly the uh, Prince of Pico, now Simba from the Valley. Uh, welcome back, Adam. And thank you for getting Maj Tori for us from Black Guns Matter. Maj, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, I'm a reformed scumbag from North Philadelphia that uh, saw, saw a reason to do something more productive with his life. Um, we started an organization called Black Guns Matter. We are a firearm safety conflict resolution and de-escalation organization. In essence, we go to the places that have the most homicides, the most violent crime annually. Um, we go do uh, put together free crowdfunded, free to all crowdfunded uh, classes on all of these topics. Um, not only just to kind of like limit and restrict some of the uh, uh, violent crime rates annually, but also to just strengthen, you know, uh, the Second Amendment or urban America's right to keep and bear arms in those areas. As you know, most of the viewers may or may not know, um, gun control was started in America to literally stop, you know, melanated beings from having the means to defend their lives. And so we go to those areas where there's the most gun control. Gun control is not synonymous with safety. Gun control is not uh, making the quality of life better for Americans. It's actually a, you know, a, a, slow, a slow walk to, to tyranny. So we try to go to the areas most impacted by that ignorance and negligence. Um, and we've been doing this since 2016, uh, going and see to those elections. And uh, we are we've 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 we came in initially to make sure that the black community had the means or was more aware of the history of gun control and how it's been there to stop their human right to defend life. But then what started happening, we, we started making, you know, the black community become the largest new gun buying demographic in America. We did that in less than three years when at that time with less than three hundred thousand dollars raised. So. That's who I am, and, and that's what we do at Black Guns Matter. Well, welcome to the world, according to Benjamin Jeremy Stein, actor, writer, provocateur, saints, and a lover, father, grandfather, mathematician, statistician, husband, teacher, America's humble servant. But most importantly, like Dr. Jill, he is Dr. Ben. I am very interested, Maj, in what you said about how gun control was started in large part keep black people from or highly melanated people as you put it from having guns and we, i learned about this myself from reading a uh, uh, a wonderful wonderful book which you have probably read already called we shall overcome about the great civil rights workers and strugglers who were mur martyred in philadelphia mississippi many years ago i suspect many years before you were born much uh, goodman cheney and schwerner and uh the uh uh, it was the history of, of repression of African-Americans in this area of Mississippi was very, very largely about keeping them from having guns and torturing them, not just killing them, but torturing them horrifyingly uh, just on the rumor that they had a gun. And of course, uh, you're exactly right. I mean, they did not, they, they, it's very hard to oppress people who have guns and will use them. And and right. this is something that the Judah and I, and possibly Simba as well, have, have said to America's Jews for a long time. Uh, it, well, I, I don't think that the Jews of Poland could have defeated Herman, uh, Hitler's Wehrmacht, but they sure would have made it, I think, twice. A hundred percent. I think that what happens usually is when you have oppressed people, I mean, and this has happened throughout world history. I mean, we, we can isolate it to America if we want to. But I mean, we're talking about the human nature of tyrants and dictators. When, when 
if I'm a bully, you know, and if I know that someone has the means and the ability or the heart to push back against my bullying, again, to your point, Ben, I'm, I'm much less likely to go and try to accost that person because usually tyrants and bullies are usually cowards. They may need a hug. They may need some extra love in their life, whatever. We're not going to be the people that are going to be the punching bag for your lack of love in your life. And saying that to say, I think that, you know, the anti-gun movement has done a masterful job for a very long time of presenting to victims or would be victims how, you know, just rely on the government. It's OK. You don't have to have individual rights and liberty. And right now, over the last few years, we've seen a resurgence and they tend to do this, especially in the black community, every on a national level, every few years going right into an election. You know, the argument is, you know. Oh, oh, you know, uh, you'll see organizations like Black Lives Matter. And I'm not saying that Black lives don't matter, obviously. But what I am saying is we'll see anti-gun uh, propagandists try to operate through that messaging and operate through, you know, a financial and, 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 and uh, political component to extract resources from a community while telling them at the same time, you know, hey, you guys don't necessarily need guns. We got to get these guns off of the street. The irony is the places across the world globally, and I'm talking about in, in like world history, every single time that has happened, you know, confiscation or getting the people to agree to their own defenselessness, usually there's massive, massive, massive slaughters right not long after. So I think that America is unique in the sense that we do have an acknowledgement of our human right to keep and bear arms and, and defend ourselves. But at the same time, you ha always have a group of people there to convince the populace, the government will take care of you. Don't worry about it. And it's, it's just complete hogwash when you really, really think about it. I mean, look at the indigenous people to this, these lands known as America. You know, the first federal gun grab being Wounded Knee. It was called the Wounded Knee Massacre. So it wasn't just like, hey, you're okay. It's all right. The government be will, you, you know, will be per, you know, perfect and support you. It's been, hey, you know, we kind of don't like you. We're trying to take the things that you have and we don't want you to have the means to push back against that. Well, it's, 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 it's uh, I, I, Marjorie, I wish I could be as uh, cheerful about the past as you are. Uh, the uh, gun grab and weapons grab away from the Native Americans started considerably before Wounded Knee. The, uh, it's always been part of the key uh, program priorities of white people in America to take away guns or any meaningful means of defense from indigenous people, from indigenous Americans. I mean, I, I, that's that's clear as a bell. I mean, the Indians are incredible. Call them Indians. That's what I learned to call them in schools. That's what we call them. Were incredibly skillful on horses. They were incredibly skillful shot, firing from rifles from horses, which is no easy task. Yeah. And uh, they. Uh, that was not something that Whitey wanted around. So there you are. And I want to bring up something important, Ben, that he brought up, and I'll get to you, Simba, in a second. But Ben, he brought up the fact, and, and you glossed over it for a second. I want to tell Maj, Ben had actually written a movie uh, called um, uh, not Murder in, Murder in Mississippi, and uh, it was the the precursor, I guess, to, to Mississippi burning, and you had brought up the, the three people that were killed there. And uh, just so you understand, Ben wasn't allowed to get credit for the movie, uh, Maj, because he was a Republican. Yeah. And if you go to IMDb credits, it's a story by or from an article by Ben Stein. And it uh, so just it, it's it's it, I'm talking about what, 1989, 1990? Not that long ago at all. Yeah. No, he was, ben has lost tons of, of writing credits because of uh, uh, nobody would work with a Nixon uh, Republican. And but Ben, he brought up such an interesting point which is two things that have really destroyed. I, I didn't even know this about the gun thing and also eugenics and mm -hmm. two things that have absolutely decimated the black community. And it, it's, it's something that we discuss quite often on the show. I was unaware of that with guns, but Ben, it's two things. One is murdering, allowing the black the people, murder of black people. And one is not letting them defend themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And of course, the, the irony, the great irony of this, all of this, the heart, isn't great. It isn't funny at all. It's really horrifying. Is that Black Lives Matter is founded on the incredibly fraudulent pre principle that black people have to have that everybody everybody in a certain neighborhood has to have his or her guns taken away. 
because there's just a, a tidal wave of black police of white police killing black people. There may be, and probably are some white police killing black people. There's, I guess there's no doubt that there's some, but the overwhelming majority of black people are shot and killed are killed by other black people, especially the gangs. And I, and I keep thinking to myself, when are the politicians going to have the balls to stand up and say, we are against the Crips and the Bloods and the Peacestone uh, Rangers and all those people. And uh, they're scared to say it. Even people in Congress, very powerful people in Congress, are scared of the gangs. They're scared to stand up and say, we, uh, we don't want the Peacestone Rangers to be having machine guns while we are not allowed to have anything. There's, there's several things to that to unfold. All crime generally is about proximity. So when you look at, uh, even if you take this term, and this is why this is very critical in our, in our classes, we have a full range of conversation because there has been so much propaganda that isn't uh, put in the proper context, right? So for example, you have a term called black on black crime. You don't have a term called white on white crime. That in and of itself is a part of the propaganda campaign, right? So you say, well, the reason why we need to be in the black community taking firearms outside of the historical context and facts, oh, we need to be there controlling and patrolling and taking away firearms, your human right, as stated in the Second Amendment of this you know, Constitution and the Bill of Rights of these United States. Even though it says we have a human right to defend ourselves, we're going to come in your community and take your firearms because there's so much black on black crime leaving out the context that most crimes are proximity of any ethnic background. So if I live in, if I'm the bad guy that happens to live in a Asian neighborhood, if I'm robbing people close to me and I happen to live around most Asian people, let's say, I don't know, let's say it's Chinatown. I'm the bad guy in Chinatown. I'm robbing most people in Chinatown. So it's Chinese on Chinese violence, but you don't hear that phrase. When you hear uh, let's say there's a bad guy from the white community. He happens to live in the suburbs and he's running around robbing people at gunpoint. That's white on white crime. But it's not packaged the same way. All crime generally, not all, but the majority of crime in that regard is proximity because you're closest to the group of people that you're closest to. So that's one component. So then they'll say, we need to you know, take away your right, even though it's stated as a human right, not granted by government. The Bill of Rights is a check on the state not a check on our rights. So that's, that's one crucial. Thing. That's crucial. It's, Mars, very that's crucial. it's crucial and it's never brought up. Yep. It's crucial. The other part of that is they also don't bring up the history of why organizations like Bloods and Crips were created and how they were infiltrated to do other things. So for example, you say Crip, right? You know, I'm a huge fan and, and had a lot of respect for the late great Nipsey Hussle. You know, CRIP stands for Community Revolution in Progress, Community Restoration in Progress. It was started to fight against the corruption that is in our communities, whether that's from the state or our own issues in the community. B blood standing for brotherly love, overcoming oppressive domination. We've wow. seen tons of times across the, the world where uh, now we'd call them deep state, but state agencies will infiltrate organizations to redirect them into something less productive and even counterproductive than what their initial interest is for. Those organizations were created to defend the community during a time when we weren't, we were being left to not, you know, you know, uh, uh, defend ourselves. And a lot of times defend ourselves from the state, the police. And, I, and I'm not saying in a way where I don't respect the job of catching robbers, rapists, and unjustified killers. Well, we got to be clear on that distinction, because right now our communities and have been, you know, the police are an offshoot, offshoot of the slave patrol. So for our community, it's a little bit different in that regard. Saying this also to say, when we step back and look at that fuller context and say, we are going to deal with our own community issues. We, you know, I'm a libertarian. I was a Republican for, you know, for years, and I was raised a Democrat years before that. When I started to say, I want to pull our, our communities and we want to work together to pull ourselves up by the bootstrap. Then we get ostracized and we say, they say, we want you to defend yourself. We want you to pull yourself up by the bootstrap, but not like that. Well, with, okay. you know, when you're, when you're, when you're finished, can I say something? so it's, it's a weird, it's a very weird dynamic. 
you know, and I, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken at CPAC for three or four years in a row. You know, I know Matt Schlatt from the American Conservative Union, very, you know, he's a buddy of mine. These are all things that we as a community have to start saying. We have to expose that contradiction and re, 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 restore our own narrative, because if not, it's always going to be, hey, we want you to pull yourself out by the bootstraps, but not like that. Hey, we want you to be involved in politics, but only from the Democratic side of things. Hey, we want you to uh, 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 have a respect for your community, but don't think about defending your community from the bad guys within and, and agents of the state that are also coming into our community. So it's a holistic conversation that needs to be had and an, a, a laundry list of action item uh, 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 lists on the agenda that need to be applied. Okay, the, Ben, the, Ben, I, Simba. Yeah, the, the, the idea that the police are the lineal descendants of the Paderollers, uh, that's, I think, might have been true in 1870 or 1910 or 1920. Certainly isn't true now. I will guarantee you that if you were to go into the police station in Beverly Hills or in Philadelphia or any place and ask them if they knew what the Paderollers were, which was the way they used to pronounce patrol, uh, they would have no idea what it was. They have no clue whatsoever what it was. And and uh, the, I think especially now, since a very large percentage of the police forces in American cities are themselves African-American, I don't think they can be really considered to be the lineal descendants of the slave, the slave patrols. But, but it is certainly true that we do, that some terrible job has been done to the black community in which they have been told that the people are there risking their lives every single day to protect them and their children and their wives from, from violence are their enemies. That's an incredible lie that they've been told. I think that was, again, it was true. You're way, way younger than I am, Maj. I think it might've been true when I was a child, a small child. Very, very small child, but I don't think it's true now. And uh, it will be incredibly helpful if people would learn that the police are there in almost all cases, not all, but almost all cases, to save them from violent, crazy people in their communities. And whatever initial scripts and bloods used to stand for, they very, very, very often stand for crime now. I think there's two things, two ways of looking at that. One, I want police officers, when, when we give this, write this blank check without context, I don't need police officers to, in a, in a trained and responsible community, um, that's not over-policed. The black community is over-policed. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. No, thank you. We, I do not why, want, why, no, thank why, you. What does that mean? What does that mean? Over-policed means, so for example, I'll tell you my first interaction with law enforcement. And again, by and large, do I think that most officers are riding through the community like, yeah, let's start some trouble? No, I don't think that. But my first interaction with law enforcement, I worked at McDonald's. Um, I had, it was like a work study program in high school. I left. I would go downtown, work for, you know, I, and, you know, I had a, a, a block of classes where I didn't have classes to get ready for, to go, you know, to work. So I get my first check. I go down, I get on the train, I go to the, you know, it was the gallery at this time. I get some clothes. I have some extra money in my pocket. I come back because I have free classes and I'm going to go to work. I get car pulls over in front of me. Police officers hop out, tell me, put your hands up. They put me on the hood of the car. Now, mind you, I put on some a nice shirt because it's my first job. I bought this shirt with my own money working at McDonald's. The police, this is my first interaction with law enforcement. Very first. The police officers take the money out of my pocket because, you know, it's a few hundred dollars. I work for two weeks because clearly McDonald's is the way to get wealthy in America. Right. I get <laughs> I get a shirt and the guy's like, yeah, you hustling. And I'm like, no, I'm not hustling. I'm actually going back to school. I had two periods free. I went to go cash my check in my book bag is my McDonald's, you, you know, the shirt and everything. They take my money and they say, yeah, we're taking your money because we know you out here doing. And I say, dag, man, you ain't going to leave me no money to get a transpass, which, you know, in Philadelphia, you can buy a weekly transpass and swipe unlimited to get on the train for that week. And the cop throws me $10 and says, you can get some tokens. So the transpass is 15 bucks. The tokens, are, you know, $10. That's my first interaction with law enforcement. Do I think that that is uh, uh, the sum total of all law enforcement officers? No, I train with law enforcement officers. 
I know DEA agents. I know, I know, you know, guys that are on the state level, on the local level. Do I think that most of those guys and women are that way? No. But if my experience is that if there's 10 bad apples out of 100 in my city, right, or in my uh, precinct, and if I keep running into those 10, it's going to shape what, what it's looking like. When you double that down with the communities, again, the target for even gun control is specifically my community. When that stop and frisk thing happened, you know, the rampart crash units and things like that, those were targeting and over-policing in black communities. I want to get now, to Ben on that. I well, want yeah. to get to Ben uh, on that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that is extreme. Your anecdote is horrifying and very upsetting, and I'm very sorry it happened to you. I, but uh, I mean, the data is very, very clear that uh, extreme. I mean, you, you are giving us an anecdote, and it's a, it's a terrifying and upsetting anecdote. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the data is very, very clear that the amount of crime in black communities relative to their population is way higher than it is in white or Asian communities. There's no comparison. So I mean, it's, it's night and day. That doesn't mean that there are not some bad apples. Obviously, there are. In any community, there are going to be bad apples. But the great majority of police who are out there in the black community are working every day to protect other people in the black community. They're we not, say no thank not, you. I want to say, say no, no thank, thank you. you. You say no I want, I want to say no thank you. My, again, well, my lived experience, my lived experience that no one can take away from me, my, uh, the people in my community, we want to, we, leave us alone. Don't, 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 don't police us. So firemen aren't riding well, through the well, communities sir, looking sir, for fire. Sir, well, sir, with all due respect, the police get a very large number of 911 calls every day from people in the black community. Those people are not calling up to say, oh, by the way, I'm calling 911 to tell you to leave us alone. What we're talking about is controlling and patrolling. Patrolling isn't somebody calling. If I'm, let's, let's use a different example. Right now, in the city of New York, there are law enforcement officers, fringe, however much it is, because it is fringe. I want to be clear. This is not the dominant theme in the black community that police are running around murdering people. It's not the dominant theme. I'll, I'll, I'll attest to that. The problem is when, when I live in a community that has the most of those negative interactions, I have to be honest about it. Right now in the community in New York City, right, we have law enforcement officers doing a job that is not upholding the constitution. You have people going and arresting people for saying, no, we want, we, we, we want to just eat in this restaurant, but we don't want to have a jab uh, mandate passport. They oh, are so arresting you're, oh, people. Oh, 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 isn't that, isn't that, doesn't that apply to white people too? I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about, but the example that I'm making is there is not a rule that just because some law enforcement officers do it, and others don't, the concept is wrong. The concept is wrong. I would like law enforcement officers to, I wanna champion and salute those officers, and I do, that are chasing victims of actual crime. I'm 100% on board with that. Crime being something that has an actual victim. Robbery, rape, homicide. Not, you look suspicious. Not, so I, we we understand a little bit what you're saying, and just mm -hmm. to reset, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to Ben Stein. Simba, sorry, you're not here just for your looks, um, even though you do look great. Uh, and we're from Black Guns Matter Maj Tour, and of course, America's humble servant Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And I I I, I think Maj to more what ben, Ben's talking about is I grew up in New York City. Mm -hmm. Let me give you my uh, anecdotal experience. I grew up in New York City. I've shared this on the show. I grew up pre Giuliani. I grew up when my father told me, if you get stuck at a red light uh, and you're 17 and driving, drive, just keep driving. This was, it was a very, very dangerous time as, as is, if not more dangerous now than it was then. Giuliani came, Giuliani came into New York, whether people agreed with his, uh, 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 it, New York definitely cleaned up. Uh, uh, the stop and frisk and all of those things were, were by all metrics, by right. all metrics, they were great. They were great. They were great. A no, they weren't. No, they weren't. They were horrible. They were horrible for the Fourth Amendment rights of the peoples in, the, in those communities. Do now, now again, two things can be true at once. Do I think that um, stopping violent criminals that have been emboldened is a great thing? Absolutely, absolutely. But I'm not. I'm not a fan of saying 
it was great when it violated a community's rights. The problem is, Maj, the only problem, and Ben, I'll go to you on this, and Simba, jump in. Ben, the people in those communities were safer. I understand what, he, what, what Maj, I, I really do understand what you're saying, and I know the issues with the Philadelphia Police Department more than you know. Um, but again, Ben, the people in these communities, in the inner city communities, need the police more than they did in the communities I was in and the communities you were in often enough. Well, I, I, I just don't understand what, what would be in it for the police to just stop a black person oh. walking down the street. Why would they want to do it? Well, I, I want to chime in here and say one thing that I think the problem, uh, you know, there's a lot of common ground in a, and one problem that I could see is that a lot of police are brought in from outside of the community just here in west la where i my district is west la and our I thought you were in Shimi valley three more days okay. um my 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 organization magizim uh we do a lot of work with the police station as first responders to the jewish community and west la is like a coveted police spot mm-hmm. every single officer wants to get into west la because West LA is a very easy, comfy job. When mm. it, when you get into communities where there is violence, where there is Crips on Bloods crime, where there's you know warfare going on, you know we're not talking about crime anymore. We're talking about war. And one of the things, and I and I really love the anecdotes that you provided and um, the um, do you do you have a point? Uh, abbreviations for the Crips and the Bloods and all that. Um, but what, what is so sad is, is the fighting between these two organizations and how many people get caught up in the crosshairs and the crossfire. And, and, you know, no matter what, I think we all agree that, that there is a tremendous element of by design that, that people don't want the black community to be strong. And they don't want the black community to be vibrant and successful. There's a really great movie called The Crips and the Bloods Made in America. Mm-hmm. It's a documentary. Um, and in this documentary, I, I learned a tremendous amount about the conflict and how it started and what was happening in the black community prior to um, this saga. And you really had like a tremendous up and coming class of black entrepreneurs and a huge black middle class and in the 50s and they wanted to crush it and and we live in the aftermath who who wanted to crush them the state the state felt what makes you think that what makes you think that the same reason why they killed um, uh, uh, martin luther king you know, you think, wait, you think the state killed Martin Luther King? That was proven. That was proven by his wife, Coretta Scott King, in 2005. She took the United States government to court, and it was proven that the CIA had a hand in murdering Dr. Martin Luther King. They were, she was, they won the civil case. They were awarded $100. $100. This isn't, this isn't like conspiracy theory. Also, These are proven facts. Okay. Also, also Malcolm X and Huey and uh, the Black Panthers. You know, I'll tell you something. I watched the documentary on the Black Panthers. They were providing health care for their communities. I mean, before you were born, Adam, I was raising money for the Black Panthers in the Hill Sex of New Haven, Connecticut, where I went to law school. <clears throat> and we were raising a lot of money for them. And it turned out it was all being spent on drugs. It turned out they were a bunch of murderers. It turned out they were murdering each other, and the money was not spent on providing hot free breakfast for the, the point, children. The so we, we have a little, I have a tiny uh, bit of experience here before you were born, if I may say. And, so. a, and a lot, like I've, Maj, like you, what he's talking about is what you, unless Wikipedia is wrong about you, which is your obviously your big issue with um, uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Is, so uh, I think I think I think some of those things happen, and I think two things can be true, and I don't think. Just like I'm giving anecdotal experience that is fringe, I think Ben and other people can have anecdotal experience, their lived experience that we can't take away from that may be more fringe too. I think the Black Panthers did a tremendous amount of positive in the community. I think later on after they were co-opted, I think a lot of negative happened as well. And I think both can be true. What I'm saying here is, again, we're talking about the state and some of these things have been proven. These have been, again, but the, the fact that the government 
had anything proven to have anything to do with the most peaceful dude ever, Dr. Martin Luther King, right? Speaks to the problem of the state interjecting itself into a community that's attempting to pull itself up by the bootstraps. And, and, and the point that I, the point that I was I trying think, to I make. Think, I don't think there's much, that, that, I don't think that is a generally the, agreed upon point. The point that I was trying to make is not the va value add or subtract of the Black Panthers. The point that I was trying to make is that the federal government has a has a history of involvement inside of the Black communities. And they have a history inside of, of January 6th, too. OK, wait, so wait, they have wait, a history. What, what are you talking Yeah, when I mean, we were talking what, about this, I, I was Adam, thinking, what are you talking about? I mean, what, what do you mean when you say that? He's referring to J. Edgar Hoover, the CIA, the yeah. FBI, as far you as. This, uh, what, can you, what, uh, what are you talking about? The CIA as far as, as, far as with Martin Luther King Jr. having all the secrets on him. Uh, yeah. th they wanted the, to disrupt black that, unity. That's what they're right. referring to. But okay, there's something I, say, I this is this is I, this is just sounds like complete nonsense with all due respect. Okay, I'm, either way, there's something that is it can sound like nonsense to you. I got a litany of books right here. I'm gonna pull out some in a second. Even if it sounds like nonsense, that's if that's your view of it, you're welcome to have that view. That does not change the fact of the matter. And it's time this let's let's bring this all back to I think the point that you know Adam's making in that regard of. If there has been a history, and if you don't know the history, I got, a, I got a litany of books that anyone can read, and I'll pull them out in a second. The reality of the matter is, we as a community, as individuals as well, have the right to say, no, thank you. If I call you because something has happened, great, great. But we cannot deny the fact that foot soldiers for the state, which is what police officers are, right or wrong, they are there to enforce laws created by the state they're there to protect is, people That's yeah this is Maj, this is what we're having a hard time with and, and, and i'm being completely honest there's nothing that bothers us more than when we see what goes on in chicago every weekend there's nothing yeah, that me too. there's nothing that bothers us more when we watch what goes on in the inner cities and it get doesn't does not get reported on the nightly news we see tons of we see generations of black men absolutely dying for, and at a certain point, forget about the past. We are in the present right now. Twenty-seven. You can't police say officers. forget about the past. No. I'm what, listen. I'm, I, this 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 notion that why is it that the black community always has to forget about the past? No, I'm not. Imagine, imagine, if, I, imagine if I said, imagine it, our past is how we know. I'm never going to forget. No, what my I, ancestors. What I, no, no, Maj. What I'm, I'm no, no, listen, listen, listen. We're, we're no, I don't want, we believe in never forget. We believe in never forget. I'm, I'm right. Exactly. I'm not going to say that. You know, the friends that I had that died from crime for being unprepared, my friends now, I don't want them to forget that. I want them to remember the memories of people that were robbed, that were murdered, so forth and so on, and be prepared. That's and not, prepared. but that's not what I'm referring to. What so I, was, so if, I can't say, so that when you no, say what that I, Maj, me, you Maj, if you would have let me finish. Okay. What I was saying was, I understand and Ben understands that in many communities, and obviously in the black community, as we discussed in the beginning of the show, Ben Stein, there have been a, there have been a lot of issues. But we're in the year 2021. I'm not saying forget by any means of what's happened. What I'm saying is I care more about the people, the innocent people that are being killed in these neighborhoods than I do about the crime sometimes of our past in this country. We all could acknowledge that America, that we've done some bad things compared to most countries, we're absolute saints. Okay, compared to most countries, we're saints, Ben Stein. But at this point in time uh, in, in history, and again, I'm not saying forget, we have to move on. We have to, everybody's got to grow up a little bit. And, 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 and I don't want to see black children getting murdered in, in their neighborhoods. 100%. And the solution to that is not for me in my community, is more community, not more government intervention. Okay, there's, that's, that's there's a, a fair great, statement. There's a great book called Please Stop Helping Us. Okay, now when we have this conversation about law enforcement, I have this, I have this conversation very passionately, you know, with my law enforcement guys, you know, when they enact any type of unconstitutional, uh, we're going to take your gun. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land. Any man, any statutes that are in violation of that uh, Second Amendment, it's unconstitutional. But if law enforcement officers are saying we're going to get the guns off the street and they got to violate people's rights, my community historically being targeted to do that, I'm not going to be in a line. We're talking about illegal guns and legal guns, Ben Stein. And there's a big difference. 
What's, I, tell I, me what, what's the definition of an illegal gun? Well, it's, got, it's, it's what the state says it is. And, and, that, and at that point, you have a very good point there. there it's questionable whether the state should decide what, it, what is a legal or illegal weapon. But I mean, I must say, if you think that the police overall are harming the black community, I'm very, very surprised. And I, I don't think you have data that could possibly. No, that out. no, I don't, I don't think that. I don't think that at all. I don't think I don't think that. Like, again, if let's 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 simplify it in the sense of let's say random number. Let's say there's a thousand police officers in the city. Do I think that 700 of those police officers are going outside and going, yeah, let's let's hurt people today? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I know too many law enforcement officers that that fortunately I've, I know them. Right. Usually it's a it's a it's a person in a uniform. And in my community, in my lived experience, I don't know which one I'm going to get. But in my experience with law enforcement officers, right? Nah, I don't think 700 of those guys. I think there may be 50, 100 of those guys. So I'm not, I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm saying that the underlying element here for a community that we say, you guys need to get your community together. Okay, cool. Leave us alone for a moment. I also- us- But here's yeah, the- Ben, Ben, he's too. actually bringing up a good point that we've discussed, right? He's actually bringing up the point where we, where we said, when it's it, it, it for you know forget about the al sharptons and certain people of the world that have absolutely decimated and destroyed the black community and they need to take care of them and and, and it's time the for black voices to jump up and say we need to figure this out on our own this is something ben we've been saying we often say it on this show it's it's it but but as this is going on ben there does need to be police help in my humble opinion until that full help could get because again the, the the granny walking to the to the you know to the convenience store should be safe at the same time well, so I, both I, of I, these I, things could go together i'd like to I ask you say something. okay go yeah, yeah, no you can't okay. i uh <laughs> i uh i also think one of the and i brought this up earlier is that people the police officers that are serving the inner city communities are coming from out of the inner city. That's not, that's actually not true. When you look at the three police officers that were shot in Harlem or the Bronx, they were all from Harlem or the two police officers. I'm not they talking were both about from, an isolated incident. I'm talking no, no, about, but I understand what you're talking about. about the same just numbers. From my, just from my experience in yeah. LA. Anyways, this is the world according I, to Ben Stein. Let Ben jump in for a second, please. Well, I don't think I would, I'm staggered that nobody seems to think things that's something odd about believing that 10 percent or 30 percent of the police in the city of philadelphia would be racist and would have in mind harming people based on based upon their race i mean i i i as you I say you're entitled to your opinion you're entitled to your opinion obviously of course you are you're in america and you're entitled to that if you say that but i don't think you're going to find any data that proves that no i, I want to say don't in think that, defense, i don't think in yes, defense, i don't think I, I don't think that. I don't think that, nor do I. I think those numbers are like, I'm just, I, when I use that example, I gave an example to prove a point. I don't think that, and I don't think it's necessarily race-based either. I think that there in urban America, law enforcement officers are, as opposed to, let's say, sheriffs in counties, right? There is a, a, a conditioning that we are the enemy combatants, you know? And the training is very standoffish as opposed to protect and serve. I'm not saying that that's race-based, nor am I saying that that's 10, 20, 30% of police officers. But when you have legislation, again, law enforcement officers are there to enforce enforce laws. And if we've had situations like the Rockefeller drug laws that have been proven to be disproportionately targeting a community, and if this community, law enforcement is there to attack, you know, not attack or serve this particular community, some people are gonna feel under attack. Their, violate, their, their, their rights are gonna feel under attack. To Adam's point, when you have people coming from outside of the community that may not understand the inner workings or nah, that's just Steve. He just, he looks a little crazy, but Steve's not really also, you know, the problem here. It's the point that I'm trying to make is also not that they're coming from out of the community. They're coming from relatively safer places going into very, very difficult places every single day that I think that a lot of police officers that serve in the inner city it's not that they have a chip on their shoulder, but it's like they work is hard. And when you do it day after day and you see the type of crime and, you know, in the inner cities, you see things. I mean, like, really, like my police buddies, they tell me about shootouts that happen that don't happen in West L.A., mm-hmm. you know, 
Okay. Like shoot, like actual Bonnie and Clyde shootout. I know, I know, but, but but then what? What's your what's your point? I mean, if that's what's happening, and the police are risking their lives I to save that. these and people, to why the hell are we I mad at them? I why aren't we thanking them from the we, bottom of our hearts? That. I am thanking the police that go into those communities. I just also give credit that in these communities, there's a whole hell of a lot more stress on the job than in I agree. other people. Yeah, nobody questions that. But and so I think that, that, in that I don't that, think Adam, that police Adam, are racist. Adam. Is that I think a lot of times police jump to conclusions. Yeah, and that's my point. But you don't but you don't have no data about this. I mean we, what we do know we, we do have data about is that the enormous majority of homicides of black Americans are done by other black Americans. Just like the majority of homicides to white Americans are generally done by white Americans. If we're talking about data, we have to have that conversation all across the board. I can't get on here and let you say only one half side of the story, Ben. That's not fair. It would not be fair if that's what I were saying. But if you take uh, other metrics besides uh, proximity, just take the number of people in, in, say, a city like New York, that's a, that's a neighborhood and people in there all have proximity, some proximity at least to each other. The enormous majority of people in that city who are black are being killed by other people of color. Now, what? how would you like to narrow that down in such a way that it proves that in fact, white people are killing black people at a disproportionate rate. I never no, no, said, he said that. He never, said, no, I never no, he said that at all. White. He said white on white. It's not what I said. I, okay, then what? Then, okay, the, solution, then, the solution is, our organization teaching conflict resolution, de-escalation, financial That's absolutely great. That's, that's absolutely great. But in, in what way does are the police culpable in, in terms of what you're just, you've just been talking about? I'll give you an example. I'll give an example that everyone will be comfortable with, because maybe since the guy's white, right, everybody in this panel will be a little more comfortable with. We're right? not uncomfortable, by the way. No, so, right. So here's the thing. <laughs> we're Jews, man. No. We're, we're over there. He's like, you don't like getting lumped into that white category. <laughs> he said the comfort level for us is that we've been mastered this thing. The Tony Tempa, perfect example. Man I've compliant. I've never heard of that person. Right. There's a reason why you haven't. This man, type it up real quick. This man was literally murdered. I'm not allowed to use my phone during the show, but go ahead. <laughs> murdered by law enforcement, compliant, right. shot, dead, literally compliant, doing everything being told. Complete media silence, white dude. Now, no, no, no firearm, no weapon. I'll give you another example. Uh, 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 there's a, 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 you know, a guy that I follow, good Ezekiel Ford. Uh, uh, Rand Paul gives a great breakdown of why his, his Breonna Taylor's law is like, listen, there needs to be a stop on no-knock raids, especially when they show to be, hey, man, these things are getting Americans killed, okay? When you have situations where an entire community has been deemed so-called the other, and for whatever reason, we don't have to we, we don't have to uh, respect the Constitution, our oath as law enforcement officers. And I'm saying our like, you know, that oath to the Constitution gets put on the back burner because we want an intended outcome. That's a that's a slippery slope. And law enforcement officers should have a better understanding of that when going just because it's an urban area, there's a lot of crime. If you don't like the job and it's too stressful. Don't do the you're job. Com you're completely right. So, Ben, I want to go to you. Mosh, what you're saying, we, we really understand what you're saying. The, the, the thing that we're trying to say is both things could happen at the same time. Yes. Okay. So until the black community is ready to self-patrol each other. The story contains disturbing footage in Texas. Newly revealed police body cam video shows Dallas police officers laughing and joking as an unarmed man having a mental health crisis lay dying in their custody. Is this the incident a occurred in August okay. 2006. Okay, well, if he said to go, to go for it. You well, didn't I, I, well, you know, you said you weren't. Yeah. So please remember to turn that phone back off. But Ben, at the same time, two things could happen at the same time. We, one thing we basically have been saying, we always say, is that the black communities needs to stand up for each other. They need to get rid of the Al Sharptons of the world. They need to get rid of the race baiters in their own communities. They need to get rid of Black Lives Matter. They need to get rid of the people that are destroying their community. 
Our point, Maj, I'm sorry, our point, Maj, is that they have to go hand in hand until that is ready to happen. I don't, and I want to go to Ben for this, because I don't believe, it, 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 what you're raising, the point Ben he's raising is still in its infancy. I get it. But Ben, those people in the community need to be safe until that is uh, ready to roll out. Ben Stein. Well, you know, I, I have the feeling that if you were to go to the police in Philadelphia or Chicago or New York or Dallas or Houston or L.A. or San Francisco or Oakland and say to them, OK, we don't want you to go into these black, predominantly black areas anymore. They wouldn't complain. And Maj, it, it, by the way, just so you know, South Central and what these areas you're referring to are not over-policed in where we're from in, 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 in California. They are the most under-policed areas of, 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 of L.A. because L.A. sort of has that no-go zone out here. Philadelphia is different. Every city in America is different, by the way. So there's a thing here. Again, we, 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 we're struggling around concepts on the outside moving towards the middle. Again, I've said... I do agree that the vast majority of law enforcement officers, when they decide to become a police officer or even a firefighter, even a nurse, they're not saying, hey, this is going to be the most stress-free job ever. That's not what they're saying. They, they pretty much know what they're signing up for. That's one. Criminals are bad guys. If you only have to deal with one violent criminal up per month it's, and you don't know which day it is, there's 29 other days, but it's still going to be stressful on that particular day. Same thing. I'm not saying that officers are going in like, yeah, we're going to just harm people deliberately. What I am saying is legislation. What I am saying is a certain community, not even just black primarily, but we're talking about urban, the areas that are more populated by black folk, black and brown folk. These areas are not met with the same level of understanding because of a cultural difference. To Adam's point, people coming from more safer uh, counties, boroughs, things of that nature, as well as this does not justify it to say, well, the means are going to justify the ends. Let's just crack a couple of eggs because we want to make some omelets. If me as the 15, 16 year old is getting the I'm the I'm the egg that's coming from my McDonald's job, that's going to create a situation where fortunately I'm an adult now. So I can evaluate those guys were doing the wrong thing with their title. Everyone is not going to be that community relation thing has to go both ways. Law enforcement officers have to step up and everybody wants to say the black community needs to clean up its own community. But I want the state to do the same thing. And I also want to say, again, to me, chasing someone for a, a, a broken taillight, hiding to see if they're doing 10 miles over the speed limit. That's not police work. That is that is piracy for the state. That is revenue generation for the state. I will not respect that. I, I will respect, I will respect the men and women in this nation that say, I'm going to catch actual criminals. Crime has to have a victim. A victim is not someone they choose to smoke weed on the side of the street. That's what they want to do with their body. They are not a threat to anyone other than a bag of Doritos because they're high. Okay, but I am going to say it. I am going to say is when those officers are saying, if you are robbing, if you are breaking and entering, if you are stealing, if you are raping, and if you are killing, I want to salute those men and women all day that chase that. But the reality is that is not because I'm, I'm tired of this narrative that police are risking their life every day. That is not true. It is not true. They can have potentially risky situations every day, but the vast majority of their day is not is not uh, risking their life. Well, what do you think they're doing every day? Sitting in their car getting called for things that Americans shouldn't be calling the police for, asking like them to do their job. Like hey, what? I'm having an argument with my girlfriend. My, 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 my husband is mad and come get my cat out of the tree. Things that have not, if it is not, if it is not an actual Do you think that that has really caused a problem? Yeah, actually. People calling I, about, I get, calling about we, scrapping in a tree. We get a lot of calls like that, actually. Um, our captain, Captain Tom, in West L.A., he tells us all the time that uh, police are responding to so many things that are not crime. OK, related. but OK, I, again, do you think that this giant crisis in law enforcement and people being in a state of fear, such as we've never seen in this country in peacetime, I think do you really think that is, has anything to do with, with cats being caught in a tree? No, what I'm saying is you're trying to take the French part of what I'm saying as a, as a that what I'm talking about is 
the people should be not calling the police for all of it. That's the whole yeah. purpose of me carrying a firearm. If it's an actual crime where somebody's actually trying to accost me, I'm going to defend my life. And then I should be calling the police to come handle this situation. Okay. And Dan, Dan, let me ask two questions. The cat stuck in the tree. Who would you rather that your neighbor call the police to get the cat out of the tree or the fire department? Or of course you would rather. Well, well, I don't understand. What's the point of that question? Is that the police do have uh, agents. Well, wait, wait, so what, 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 what are, you, what are you talking about? Do you the think have we, have, we have a national, outside of protecting do you have a national, we have a national crisis of fear do you think it is about cats being in trees? No, yeah. of course not. You no, and but, 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 but so why is this even coming up? Okay, because he was using his analogy. But here's the big here's here's and I understand what you're saying. People should not be calling the police to uh, we, we we're, Miles, we're not lost on that point. But Ben, to the bigger point, um, and I want to get to Ben and then Maj is <clears throat> the black community. Listen, I refer to the Jewish community. If you listen to any of our shows, Maj. No, I get it. It's it's a it's a subset. I get it. I get it. it Maj, if you listen to any of our shows, uh, trust me, Ben and I, and we're all. And I wanted to start to show we're we're all uh, sort of the um, exception to the rules of our own group. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, the three of us are, are conservatives, or the, Adam, Ben, and myself are all conservatives. And trust me, we are the minority of our uh, of our uh, of our ethnicity. Just like mm-hmm. in your within racial terms, you're the same, okay? And one of the things I actually wanted to get into because it actually made me nauseous this morning, Ben Stein, just to change the subject a little bit because we are running out of time, was calling Clarence Thomas a traitor to his own people, um, which was done on the View this morning. And well, I mean, um, that's, that show is just trash. It, I mean, that's he, like he, emptying he, out he, the bottom he, of the trash can. Either way, this is until we oh. resolve, and I constantly say these types of issues. There is no, there is no certain form of advancement mm-hmm. because w- you can't become successful from a group and then become whether you're labeled like Ben Carson and Uncle Tom and all of these things. It is, it is go to, going back to what we're discussing about with Maj Ben and all this stuff is the, the every community has issues. The issue we're referring to in the black community, obviously, is you have people there that want to help, like Maj, that want to do, that want to, that that have their own perspectives, that have their own life experiences, sad experiences, bad experiences, whatever they may be. The problem is they're being torn apart by leaders from those communities, oftentimes, that don't have their best interests at heart. Like people like Corey Bush, if people aren't familiar with this, she was shot out, Ben. She, she was shot in a drive-by this past weekend, and she's for defunding the police. Okay, mm-hmm. so so so. All I'm trying to say is, that, as we've discussed on this show and we discuss all the time, there's an internal leadership in the black community. I don't know how to resolve that. None of us know how to resolve this issue, Mosh. I do. Okay. Oh, he does. Okay, Mosh. Well, they're, they're they're not leaders. They they are they are people. Al Sharpton is a federal informant. Okay, this isn't this isn't like news. Al Sharpton is a federal informant. Al Sharpton was never there to help the black community. I think things start a certain way, and I think that people get turned. So, and, and I don't want to focus too much on Al Sharpton. My point in saying this: these people aren't actual leaders. I, I, we agree. The, the problem yeah, is, how right. do we stop that? Because there, when you look at seventy percent of the vote. Just like right. in our community, right? right? Have it, it, the black community and the Jewish community, as we've said, have said, are the only two communities that never vote for their own self-interest. Right. Okay. The Jewish community, being Zion, never vote for Israel, and the yeah. black community never votes. They vote for a D and not the R. They vote. Right. For, you know, when you look at President Trump, nobody did more for the Jewish community, and nobody did more than for the black community. The Donald J. Trump. Okay, if you want to go by metrics or statistics or by jobs or whatever it is. And um, yeah, sorry. No, I I 100 percent get what you're saying. What I'm saying is a part of that when you tie it into how we solve that is self-empowerment. All of the equity that we build up in our lives. Right. Uh, uh, Getting better financial practices, getting better health practices, because this is a holistic conversation. Right. All of those things tie into now I have to have the means to defend the equity that I built up in my life which is the ability to train, to be healthy, to be smart, to protect my life if need be. 
that all ties into less government involvement, less government uh, uh, dependency. And I also include that to touch back, but not too much. I also include that in respect for law enforcement, but not relying on law enforcement. Law enforcement is, is at best eight to 15 minutes away, depending on where you are in the country. With that being the One case. One minute where I live. Yeah, right. well, okay. 20 minutes, so, so, 20 minutes where I live. And trust me, I know that. And I live down the street from a police station. Um, so, so it's 20 minutes response time. But Ben, I want to get back to this because I, I just, because it, 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 obviously this is something we talk about. And you know, listen, Maj comes from the community and this is how he sees it. And this is how, this is, this is these, that's why these sort of conversations are so important is because there's differing opinions within the communities and there's differing opinions without the communities. But one thing I can guarantee you is you'll never hear these conversations on Fox News. Now, Ben wrote an amazing piece today that I read that was actually brilliant. And it, it was, uh, he's, he's putting into the spectator today, but it was about, if you don't mind sharing it quickly, Ben, because it was really brilliant. No, I'm too embarrassed to share. <laughs> yes, sir, you are. <laughs> no, it was about, it was about, it was about how, uh, America is becoming a racialist society in the sense that uh, we wanted for a long, long time, those of us who believe in human rights wanted to be set up so that the best person was chosen for the job and not the person based on race, skin color, sex, just the most qualified person. And that, that was a great goal of the civil rights movement, which I was involved in, I might say, before any of you were born, like quite a lot. And uh, I uh, was, uh, and uh, we succeeded at that for a while. And now it's all turned around, it's tumbling down the hill, and we have people being selected for jobs solely on the basis of their race. And this was prompted in my little fur, feeble old brain uh, by a headline, a giant headline, uh, I think in the world's worst newspaper, the LA Times, saying that Mr. Uh, what's our president now, Biden, which, uh, had decided he would nominate the first black woman justice of the Supreme Court. And I thought to myself, not the most qualified person? No, first black woman has to appeal to various racial and sexual groups. And that it defeats the whole meaning of a free society based upon, and which advancement is based upon merit and not upon being a member of the ruling class. Mm. And you also, uh, I, I, yeah. uh, sorry, just say so you also at the end of it, wrote about uh, the bus driver with the swastika and right, uh, this is we are, we are we are rapidly on a bus heading downhill and the bus driver and the bus has a white line across the back and i'm the only person old on this panel old enough to remember when the buses in the south had those lines and the lines were for the black people to sit behind and those lines were even on the bus in the district of columbia the nation's capital and as I said, the bus driver is turning around grinning and on her hat as a swastika mm. and underneath it says BLM. Mm. Wow. I See, bet, the, yeah, the context and the layers there, I, I, you know, I'm a fan of like dry humor, right? Because I think dry humor, you got to be smart to get dry humor, right? Well, dry context, eyes, yeah. con The context and the layers of what that says there it's something being presented as good for you. BLM, Black Lives Matter. Absolutely, Black Lives Matter. Cool, no doubt. However, we're going to co-opt this term and do things that are the exact opposite of Black Lives Mattering. And the, the layer and context of what's there is like, yeah, there's a swastika tied to that. Because of the fact that, again, we, you know, you, you talk about eugenics. You talk about, oh, abortion is a, is a, is a, is a, is a health care right. There's a fundamental right for you to kill your Black baby. Right. You talk about Margaret Sanger. So what? I think you, you, sir, Mr. Maj, my new new best friend, and the, the whole pro-abortion movement totally ignores the fact that Margaret Sanger and the whole birth control movement uh, was founded to keep down the black population. It was explicitly founded to keep down the black population. Yep. See, Maj, can I can I bring something up and I want to say something? It's it, it's it, and because we do the same thing with Jews, right? It's it's it, it, you know if you if you um, talk sh crap about George Soros, you're not an anti-Semite. You're just normal, okay? Mm -hmm. If you talk mm -hmm. crap about organizations like the ADL, which have set back Jewish relations around the world by many years, okay? 
And, yeah. and, and, and so for us, we're able to say these things because we could say these things because we don't, we don't care. And, right. but we don't get cover, right? There's no cover. And it's really important, I think, sometimes for organizations like yourself, which is actually a really good organization, is to give other people cover that they could talk about this. Because if anybody talks about this out loud, they lose work, they yeah. lose employment, they're called a racist. There is no, no, there, there is, and it's so important for groups like yours to say, you know, I had a, a, a friend of my mom's that was listening to the show one night, and she said to me, we were talking about race, and she said to me after the show, I felt so uncomfortable. And I said, why? And she said, well, because it was, you know, four white people or whatever. And I, and I said, but what about what we were talking about? She's like, oh, well, there was statistics. And I agreed. And I said, so the only thing that made you uncomfortable was it was it was four white people. America. Listen, America has become the target of. We need to make Americans soft and malleable and marshmallow. And it's and the, the, the propaganda is working. So, for example, I'm allowed to push back. I'm allowed to say, no, I agree with that, but I disagree with this. No, I see what you're saying here, but here's further context for that. As a representative and a leader in my community, I have to say, yeah, there's complete idiots that are robbing people, running into stores, snatching stuff because the legislation in it has told law enforcement officers, you're not supposed to chase them because of their circumstances. So they're allowed to go in this store and grab things and pull it out. That's stupid. That's dumb. That's dumb. Okay. Being, being objective as well as maintaining a standard is something that is a nuanced rumble that makes you stronger, but we are being conditioned to not be able to do that. I'm, I'm supposed to be able to say as an adult to say, no, there's crime in our communities. We need to be able to defend ourselves from that crime. We need better law enforcement community relationships that the community feels comfortable in saying, hey, here's the crime that happened. And are you actually going to chase this? Actual crime, no. That does not get um, that those community law enforcement relations aren't forged and become stronger. And us as a nation don't get stronger if we're not having those hard conversations. We're not allowed to. And that's the point. And that's really the point. It doesn't, it, you know what, it, it, whether you and Ben or we agree with each other, or we disagree with each other. The point is, as we always say on this show, we're here for discourse. Yeah. Okay. And discourse is no longer allowed in our great country. Okay. And I just wanted to say, as we're wrapping up at a time, Spotify actually stuck up for Joe Rogan and they didn't cave to Neil Young. And for people that think Neil Young is just some has been, that's 72 million downloads he gets, he listens to a year. That is a huge Neil Young, that is a huge number that they gave up and said, we, we choose Joe Rogan over mm. being threatened by Neil Young. So good mm. for Spotify. That is huge yeah. news today that they spoke yeah. up for free speech. And at, at the end of the day, whether we agree with each other and we, we, however we teach each other, the people that are saying out there that we're not allowed to have this conversation or we're not allowed to have these conversations are the people that are the most dangerous. Okay? Let me say this real yeah. quick. I read something. I don't know if this is true because I haven't fact checked it yet. The majority ownership in Neil Young's music is owned by a group called Hyp Hypnosis. Hypnosis is owned by the Blackstone Group. Blackstone is partnered with Analym Pharmaceuticals and works primarily in biotechnology. I, I don't. I got it. I know Blackstone. It's very and weird. That Blackstone of course, is, they would go out. It's, it's an investment group that invests in anything that seems likely to produce a, a revenue flow. And Aniline is uh, it's just a, a word meaning just drugs, but hmm. it is. Uh, it's a gigantic business, and uh, if you think it's if you think they're making too much money at it, you should buy stock in it. Uh, and again, on that note, I want to thank Maj uh, from the bottom of my heart, Maj Tor from Black Guns Matter. Uh, it really, thank you very much. And thank you, Adam King, who didn't get in, but you look great as much. And you brought Maj to the show. So thank you, uh, Simba uh, from the Valley. It's okay and of course, to just call me Adam. I'm just... <laughs> No, you're Simba. And of course, uh, I beg of people to go read Ben's new piece uh, on spectator.org. It's really good. It's, it's, I'm it, you. Thank and you. no, no, it is. And it's one of those I things that's it. extremely uncomfortable. I don't have comfort or joy in reading this. I don't always have comfort and joy in reading everything that's written or heard. And I think that's what we try to bring to the table is you shouldn't walk away from us feeling comfortable always. And it's okay to feel uncomfortable. 
I don't know when that message got across in America that everybody's got to be comfortable and happy. It's I know, okay. That's all a lie. All it's, the, it's, it's all, all a lie. It's okay to they're, be they, uncomfortable. They, no, they, they're just, they're just trying to bully us. Maj, how do people find your website? Uh, everybody, again, our classes are crowdfunded. GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Guns Matter. We've raised and given away over a half a million dollars to do this work to make sure all of the classes are free. And, and just so everybody knows, I just want to say something, and I read this, and it, whether it's true or not, they were going after you for money stuff, right? And I, or, or something. And I'm looking at them going, Ben, after this guy that's raised half a million dollars for his community to fight against, fight back, they don't go after Black Lives Matter who has literally looted probably at this point close to a billion dollars. And I've, if I'm saying, for, for, Ben, you'd be surprised. And uh, okay, half a million dollars or yeah, whatever it, it is. They it go was after, amazing. Yeah, they go it's after It's amazing you. to watch. Um, and, and we course, know that Black Lives Matter donated 180 million to the last presidential election. Um, shouts, shouts to Act Blue, funneling the money. Yeah, okay, and on that note, Ben Stein, please take us out. We shall overcome, we shall overcome, we shall overcome someday, oh deep in my heart I do believe we shall overcome someday. And I shot, sang that with Rap Brown in Cambridge, Maryland, before any of you were born. God bless you. God bless you all. We will see you Saturday night.